Oh, the humanity. Ich bin ein Berliner. Indistinct Hitler screaming. It's hardcore. <laughs> With Dan Carlin. <laughs> Go. All right, now is not the time for experimentation. No, absolutely not. <laughs> Welcome to the compost bin of history, the very fragile and delicate podcast where we have to dance our way around computer machinations and trickery. <laughs> and Jared's eating a pickle. Every, everything's, everything's been going great. We're at the point now where I'm just I'm just eating pickles because this is not going right. <laughs> We've tried good pickles man. so many times to record a podcast. Jared actually came out here for a whole week. We were like, oh, yeah, let's record a podcast together. And then we never did. Jared went home. We were like, oh, yeah, let's record a podcast together. We tried. Didn't work. Jared had to work a series of 14-hour days. And anyway, to sum it all up, now we're in the land of gentry. Compost bin of history has yeah. bought an estate. I've uh, done the opposite of putting a subdivision in a national forest, and I am going to put a forest in the middle of a bunch of residential areas. Hell yeah. Yeah. We're going to get them with trees, <laughs> the bastards. But uh, yeah, we're, we're no longer the compost bin of history. We're now the elevated rotating compost tumbler of history. That's right. As we've entered a new tax bracket. Pinky's out while we make our compost tea. While we drink our hams. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's shining today, but yeah. Oh, okay. I'm drinking um, kind of an off-the-wall beer from Odd 13 Brewing <laughs> in Lafayette, Colorado. Uh, they're trying too hard with that name. It's called Noob. Pale ale. Noob pale ale, huh? Sounds pretty leet. Uh, it's a little skunky, <laughs> that's for sure. This is... Yeah, I like them. This is good. I'm drinking a mango kolsch. And, uh, yeah, if you're going to spend money on beer, you, you could spend your money worse than this. That's right. Mango. <clears throat> Run to bigger and brighter stuff. Don't worry, I will kick the ladder down behind me. <laughs> yeah jared got three acres of land for a song um what song was it anyway um, you had to sing it's basically had to sing a lot about trash because there's a great pretty good amount of trash on on my new property uh but if anybody wants it's between uh, like two schools if anybody wants a well leather a well weathered leather couch or uh half of a recliner or a tub that pretty sure somebody just mixed cement in and then <laughs> threw out in this wooded area. Uh, <laughs> if any of those interest you, uh, you have our information. <laughs> Email the podcast. There's also a, yep. a great uh, collection of tires uh, <laughs> and more like old bean cans from probably the 40s that I've ever seen before. Wow. So this has been like a long time hobo stopover and now it's like where um, teenagers go to Well, <laughs> allegedly, you know. <laughs> well, it's very exciting. I think uh 
I think your plan to just like load it up with trees and shrubs that will become increasingly fire prone as the climate warms. Yeah, I'm going to make sure that nothing ever burns and uh, I'm not going to manage it at all. I'm just going to let it go and see what happens. (laughs) You know, let it ride as they say. Well, it'll be... It'll be fun to keep up with as we... Yeah, I'm excited. I went out there and it's a snowstorm here. I put on all my gear and went and walked around there, showed a friend it, and, you know, we were in a residential area in a city of 65,000, but, uh, you know, if there was no road noise, it felt like you were out, just out in the country. Beautiful. Yeah. Just... Getting high and pretending to be a deer. Well, allegedly, once again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, it's also snowing out here. Hopefully it's going to put a damper on these cursed wildfires that are threatening um, a huge chunk of northern Colorado and that we've tried to record podcasts about twice. <laughs> I was going to say, are we going to have to pretend that we haven't been trying to talk about this for like probably three to four hours combined now? Well, it's a cursed topic, <laughs> cursed wildfires. And so we basically have just been like, we have to not do this right now. We're going to wait. Hopefully the snow puts out the wildfires and then we can do a complete like retelling of the, what happened. But yeah, the fires are going until on. then. Uh, they're awful. Uh, they haven't stopped yet. So yeah, maybe our next one will be on those. Yeah. Um, and so in, in the meantime, especially since we're the, the, um, landed aristocracy composters now, I have much (laughs) more of a Dan Carlin style topic for us to talk about. And I don't think it'll be too long, but we'll just see. We'll just see. All right. Oh, hold on a second. Let me grab my monocle. Put on your your Dan Carlin hats and our Dan Carlin voices. I don't know if I can do the voice right now. uh... Subadai took his cavalry on the longest scouting expedition in history again. That was that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Should we do the (laughs) intro with like the hold on? I'm going to do the bump. Oh, the humanity. Man, I haven't listened to this. It's been Ein Berliner. Oh, there you go. <laughs> uh, indis- indistinct Hitler screaming. <laughs> it's hardcore. <laughs> with Dan Carlin. Um, they say uh, imitation is the highest form of flattery, right? <laughs> we love you dan we just don't we just don't agree with you anymore about a lot of things jared <laughs> in the middle of august in the sweltering polish heat the summer of 1915 one of the deadliest attacks and counteroffensives in the entire first world war occurred outside the tiny village of osakifieza <laughs> This would become known as the attack of the dead men. Yeah, you nailed it. <laughs> I'm ready. Strap in, so, man. I'm ready to sit here for like five and a half we're, hours. We're going to talk World War One. We're going to talk about it very slowly. And uh, 
we're going to talk about poison gas. Okay. Oh, wait, are we Which really? Which is basically... <laughs> Well, this is how it comes into our our like wheelhouse is because basically we're talking about pesticides, but okay. as they were first applied to humans. Ah, all right. Human pesticide. Well, this is going to be like a dollop yeah. episode then because I don't know a whole lot about this topic. Yeah. Well, um, have you heard of Germany? Uh, <laughs> you mean the fatherland? Yeah. <laughs> well, they did a lot of work with pesticides, actually. Oh, I yeah. You, I mean, if you're aware. I'm aware of all of that. The I, just, of I just don't know the specifics. <laughs> the pesticides. I mean, yeah, I know that. <laughs> I know that Dow Chemical is uh, <laughs> used to purposefully kill people. <laughs> That's right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, well, it was still pesticides. It's just that the pests happen to be humans. Right. So uh, in World War One, you know, we've got the, the classic matchup of European superpower versus European superpower. It's a Germany versus Russia, you know, classic, just a classic fight. Yeah, paper, right? pay-per-view and, event, man. Oh, my God. Yeah. And and it was like one of the rare things where, like, the sequel was actually better than the original, you know? Yeah. Like well. it was Because when Barbarossa comes around, that's like Empire oh, yeah. Strikes Back. It's just, you know, at this point, it's a cliche because it used to work. Yes. Yeah. And and nowadays, everyone's like, oh, sure, invade Asia. That's, <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay. But I've definitely, I mean, I've I've pulled it off in risk games. I've done I mean, it. Hey, in AU4, so. I took over the entire world with the Mongols. So anything's possible. <laughs> That's the trick is you come from the other direction. You come towards Exactly. Europe. They never see it coming. <laughs> so, uh... In in the sense of this Germany versus Russia fight, that was basically the the main. If we're gonna like talk about this in terms of historical materialism, it all goes back to that struggle between Prussia and Russia. It's like, are we gonna have a P in front of our name or not? So, right? were they calling themselves Prussia? Not in World War One, no. But it was run. The country was run by the Prussian aristocracy. Oh no! I just mean at one time where they actually called Prussia. Like you know how, yeah, Germany calls itself Deutschland, but we call it Germany. Oh, you mean like in Germany? Yeah, like in Germany, like what, did they call? What were they calling like a, themselves? I, I guess I, the the Prus, right? Like, I, I mean, I'm not sure. I, I'm, I'm Scottish. I'm not going <laughs> to claim claim German. But yeah, so it's that's that's what like so much of European historical conflict like comes down to is just like what side is Poland going to be on? I mean, going going all the way back like to the Roman times basically. So, this is just a continuation of that. On one side, you got Tsar boy Nicholas with uh his hemophiliac son you got Rasputin in there. <laughs> Rasputin. Rasputin. You got the Tsarina. Um, was her name like Alexandra? Uh, I think so. Yeah, and then on the other side, you've got basically the German um, military ruling class at this point, because Kaiser Wilhelm was a schmuck. Everyone knew he was like a total like fancy lad. Wilhelm the second and. That's Wilhelm II, that's right. <clears throat> Wilhelm I, slightly less of a schmuck. But yeah, Wilhelm II, total schmuck. He was like so, a Donald Trump type of guy. Exactly, yeah. 
Right. Like, and, even and down course, to the neurosis about his hands, right? Didn't he have, like, a strong hand? Totally. <laughs> yeah, and people had to cut his... He, people, like, cut his food for him. And he would, like, command military maneuvers, but his side would always have to win. Okay, this is coming... This um, is all coming back in now. Right. But uh, the beautiful generals in the Kaiserreich... <laughs> the um, beautifulest They They generals. had more power. <laughs> The beautiful generals like Paul von Hindenburg in the Kaiserreich had more power um, even than the, the, the Kaiser himself towards the end of the war. As basically, um, you know, everyone kind of was like, wow, this is something that could potentially destroy our country. So we probably shouldn't have this incredibly stupid idiot running the country. Let's put some generals in charge instead. Well, they sure don't make, so, they sure don't make values like they used to, huh? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> those were the days. Those were the days well, when okay. people believed in things. Maybe not exactly. Like but... marching into machine guns. <laughs> well, you know, there's limits to everything. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, already in the war, you know, August 9th, in 1915, really a lot of the action is on the Eastern Front. Because that first initial like swing into France, it kind of like bogged down in trench warfare. And already we're seeing the use of poison gas. But the thing to understand about Russia in particular in World War I was that it was fighting at a technological disadvantage. They never had gas masks. They never got like uh, steel helmets throughout the whole war. And um, of course, <laughs> they didn't they fight didn't through the entire shoes. war because of... Right, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was pretty bleak. But... This particular instance is kind of like a Russian Pyrrhic victory kind of in the face of like a German onslaught and the use of poison gas and stuff. And uh, we have to talk a little bit about how poison gas works and what happens when you breathe it in, right? And the two main gases that were used in this battle, at least, were chlorine gas and uh, bromine gas. So, according to people who uh, smelled chlorine in these battles, it kind of had a peppery, pineapple-y aroma with a slight metallic taste on the palate. A lot of people said they would wash it down with, like, a Chianti or something with a little bit more, like, mouthfeel, I guess. But, you know, generally, generally not a pleasant experience because what happens with chlorine when it enters your lungs... You know, your lungs like also have water in them. Were you aware of that, Jared? Uh, <laughs> like your cells have, have water? Yeah, I think I've heard that once or twice. Right. Well, when chlorine is around water, it becomes hydrochloric acid. And That's so your lungs basically you fill want. up with hydrochloric acid. <laughs> it's definitely something that you want in your body. Actually, uh, I did not it's know. Not that, great I did not because... know that, that is. I did not know that that's the chemistry <laughs> of chlorine gas, but that that is horrific. Yeah, your lungs just melt. Yeah, so you basically your lungs get full of acid and start to disintegrate. And um, with with bromine, it's kind of interesting because bromine is like more like a mace. It kind of just like acts like a, like, not like a mace, like the instrument you'd like club someone with, but like mace, like a spray. You know what I mean? No, I've And so heard it, of it makes you, <laughs> I've never been maced. What are you <laughs> of talking about? Of course I have. 
Anyone that tells you that is a liar. <laughs> but no, really, I'm not. But yeah, so. I'm not a creep. <laughs> but yeah, well, what happens when you get maced is like you start to like cry and like it makes you generate more mucus, right? So the using bromine gas with chlorine gas is kind of, you know, that classic, ah, oh, you know, those Germans, they're just like so devilishly efficient. They hit you with the thing that makes you generate tons of mucus, more water in your lungs. And then they hit you with the thing that turns it all into hydrochloric acid inside of your like pharynx. Yeah. They were just following science. Yeah. I mean, Hey, that's the way science usually goes. Dude, that is horrific. Right, I don't know if I've ever like said it on <laughs> here before, but I, this is just, again, convinces me that chemistry is the most evil discipline that humanity's ever come up with. Oh, yeah. No, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Yeah, basically that just destroys the like lining of your you know, lungs and, and your, uh, your tissues and your, your throat. And that's what kills you, either drowning on, you know, this, uh, this stuff or just because your lungs stop working and you suffocate. So, uh, yeah, this was something that was already being used a lot in like the Western front at this time, but it kind of achieved this notoriety on the Eastern front because of this attack on the Osovieke fortress. Um, and again, if, I want you to think of the EU4 map, Jared, right? Okay. I want you to think of, like, um, start of the EU4 map, uh, where are the, the, like, Knights Templar at? You know, like, the the Proud Boys, where are they at? Like, uh, they're in, like, talking about like northern, the, eastern Europe. The Teutonic Order? Yeah, the Teutonic Order, the Proud Boys of <laughs> yeah, the 14th, 15th century. Like Danzig. Yeah, they're around Danzig. But then they're kind of coming down into like greater Poland yeah. towards like Warsaw. <clears throat> yeah, stuff. they're right on the border of Poland. Yeah. Yeah. It's around that border region. That's where this is. This fortress of Osiviek. Okay. okay. I don't I'm making it sound Italian now. I don't know why. <laughs> I I don't know. I can't I don't know what a Polish accent is. Uh I know this is this is by the way, this is where they filmed Witcher Three. Just FYI. Okay so i i actually don't know if that's true at all <laughs> i believe you would say um <laughs> wait is that even polish so yeah this is, is that hungarian or something <laughs> um no their cd project red is polish yeah oh, okay wow they're probably, if anybody polish just heard me say aren't they hungarian they're probably pissed i have no idea <laughs> <laughs> They're not gonna. They're not gonna let you play cyberpunk, Jared. Oh man. Well. Yeah. Oh well. That's the problem with lack of representation. I don't know how to accurately <laughs> offend Polish people. Well, and this is the thing, right? And it's because like this area, of course, you know, like Poland didn't really exist at the time um, because it was part of Russia. It, you know, are you you've heard of the Commonwealth, right? The Polish Lithuanian Commonwealth. Yeah. And. You know what happened to them? <laughs> uh, utter collapse. Right. They got ate by all the other countries around them, like Sweden and Denmark and Russia. Right. And the Ottomans to an extent as well. But yeah, so basically all this area was like part of Russia at this time. 
but it was in that contested area between Russia and Germany. So coming into this battle, August, we've got Germany looking to make advances into more populated regions of Russia and to stave off an eventual counterattack on German lands proper, particularly those around, you know, the Teutonic areas around Danzig and shit, right? So they are looking at this fortress of Osovyek and they've got 14 battalions, okay? I know you're like, what's a 14 battalion? It's about 8,000 men. And they're being commanded under Paul von Hindenburg of Zepp of the Zeppelin fame, right? He was of course piloting the, the, the Hindenburg when it went down in flames. (laughs) I thought that sounded like, so on the, (laughs) (laughs) on the Russian side. Okay. You've got about 500 dudes. Okay. Um, and they're commanded by a sub Lieutenant and you also have about 400 militia men. So basically just think like peasants with pitchforks. Okay. And these people don't have any gas masks. They're like firing, you know, old janky rifles and shit. You might have like two machine guns. And the Germans are coming at them with like artillery, like barrages. And, you know, they've got all the the fancy high-tech equipment and shit. But uh, the Russians have that one thing that Russians always have. I mean, this is August, so it's not general winter in this case. But the ability to just like die blindly for their country yeah, just in massive amounts yes and um you know kind of like a superhuman willingness to like continue fighting under like the worst most weirdest terrible conditions all right so we have like sufficient backstory for the the attack of the so. dead men all right now if you're if you're a german dude on like a uh, artillery barrage you know you want to start that shit nice and early. You know you don't sleep in when you're in a German artillery group. You got to get up at like 4 a.m. Start shelling those Russians, and that this is when they start hitting them with the the chlorine and bromine gas. I mean, back okay? then, if you were in so, if you were in that army and you like slept in, wouldn't they just like literally beat the shit out of you? I mean, I don't know. I. If you were fighting in my company, I'd be like, hey, come on. You know, we got to get up by like 1030. Guys. <laughs> All right. Well, I hope that but, I fight. Uh, you <laughs> but so um, they start shelling this this uh, Russian fortress with chlorine and bromine gas. And so all of these these like, you know, Russian, uh, you know, just like regulars and, and, and militiamen. They are getting gassed. And then they're also like shelling them with, you know, actual like incendiary and explosives shells. So they're getting gassed. They're getting blown up. And the people who don't get blown up are like either dead or dying or they are like using urine soaked or water soaked rags to like hold over their mouth so they don't inhale the chlorine and bromine gas. Okay. Sounds like a fun time. Even great time. Just... You know, like you think like what's what's like an early August fun activity? <laughs> you know, you think like fishing, you think like hiking and trench warfare. Yeah. You know. Nah. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to do either of those other things. Just give me the piss rag. <laughs> yeah. So they're using their piss rags and 
Um, a few of them like actually do not like immediately die and suffocate. Right. And this sub Lieutenant, this dude, um, he, he like rallies his troops who are, you know, affected by like poison gas and mounts a counterattack. actually as the Germans having like shelled them for like, you know, four or five hours are advancing towards the fortress. This dude gets his shit together and like says, we're going to go out there and we're going to counterattack them. They like get their one machine gun and like the, you know, 20 or so guys they have left. And the Russians charge the Germans as they're advancing. But the Russians apparently like look like zombies as they're charging because these guys, their lungs are full of like chlorine gas. They're like coughing up. They're like coughing up like bits of like their own like respiratory tissue and like fighting at the same time. And like they're all yellow and they're, you know, lacerated and shit. But they just like look like shit. And the thing to always remember about the Germans <laughs> is that they they are fundamentally fancy lads. Okay. They might be tough fighters. They might have a lot of chutzpah, but they're fancy lads. And if you come at them like coughing up pieces of your own lungs and like looking like a fucking zombie, they will start to you know, quake in their riding boots and turn the other way. Yeah, well, and they, that's what happened. <laughs> these are the people that turned into fascists in like 15 years. So yeah, they're right. They're a bunch of cowards. They, yeah. they make, yeah. So they make fancy weapons so they don't have to do that kind of crap. Well, and it's kind of funny in a macabre sense, because if you imagine like the Germans are like shelling this fortress and, you know, all these like people come stumbling out of it coughing up bits of their lungs but then they like counterattack the germans the germans you know eight thousand people get like scared and then they turn around and start to retreat and they get caught in their own like booby traps as they're like running away (laughs) so (laughs) so all the fancy lads are just like getting like caught in their own uh wires and blown up and shit and they didn't think this is gross maybe we should not do this to people but by the way, all those Russians who counterattacked them still died anyway from the poison gas. Oh, of course, so, it sounds like their faces were melting yeah. off because their lungs were burning their faces off. Like this sub lieutenant who like rallied the charge, I I didn't bother to learn his name because it wasn't Paul von Hindenburg. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it's uh, he like died l- later that day. So, but just to fast forward. Um, Russia actually won World War One. Um, the Romanovs are still in power, and uh, yeah, everything everything turned out good for them. <laughs> Germany got sent packing. They established a social democracy quit pretty quickly thereafter, and pretty much there's been good times in <laughs> Europe. Well, everything you just said is true. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, obviously. <laughs> um, this this remained an area of active contention. You know what we we should like talk about what happened with Poland, though, probably right. You mentioned them at the top, right? So Poland really hadn't been a thing since the Polish Lithuanian Commonwealth dissolved, but after World War One, part of the you know Russian Revolution and the haggling with the defeated Germany was that Poland essentially popped back into existence. Okay. So the Polish state kind of reemerged. It was a big win for Polish nationalists. And they pretty promptly within a few years turned around and invaded the Soviet Union. 
trying to reconquer more of their territory. And Trotsky was actually the one who kind of drove them out. So, yeah. yeah. And then later on, Poland would get repartitioned in the Molotov-Ribbentrop Pact between Soviet Russia and Nazi Germany. And they would invade both sides. But, um, yeah, that's the attack of the dead men, as requested oh, okay. by a 12-year-old boy. Was, what's his name? Uh, Brandon. Brandon. Well, that was an excellent... As requested by Brandon. That was an excellent suggestion, Brandon. Thank you. Well, you know, we should also talk about, like, what would end up happening with all of those those poison gases and stuff. Uh, they just melt a couple people's faces and lungs, and then they go away forever. Well, um, they would actually kill a lot of other things in the environment. Like, people would say, like, oh, all the grass died. There were no more, like, trees and, like, frogs and butterflies and shit. Like, everything got You mean, like, what happens every time we spray a bunch of chemicals indiscriminately? Well, yeah. And so people then, like, used... I mean, a lot of this was being made by companies that then would, like, go and, you know turn back to making agricultural pesticides and stuff. But I think it's like worth kind of noting that, you know, so long as we have all these companies who are like making all these pesticides, you could always go back. Like you could just like, if we get back to like the state of having so little respect for like common humanity and, you know, a lack of suffering that we're like, fuck yeah, let's go back to making like fucking chlorine gas and using it on the battlefield. You know, all that technological capacity, know-how, and productive base ready ready to go. Yeah, and nobody remembers the last time that it was used, so it might be a little more tempting to start using them. Well, I don't know. Wasn't was yeah. Saddam using yeah. was Saddam using chlorine? Uh, there was widespread use of chemical weapons in the Iran-Iraq war, but Saddam got all of his chemical weapons from us. No, I know that. I mean, I, oh, okay. <laughs> You're not talking to me. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, did, was chlorine, like, one of the things that they used? Or... Uh, yeah, it was. Yep. And he also used it on the Kurds, I think, in a campaign. Uh, for more information on that, uh, check out the podcast Blowback. Yeah, great podcast. But, yeah, so, obviously, though, we still use chlorine and pesticides. Um, very common common application of it uh chlorine does at least break down pretty quickly in the environment in small levels so that's good at least well that's good because bromine is still being used all of our water so <laughs> right yeah we do use it as a water purification <clears throat> and at low levels it's very effective and safe for that but of course bromine is still being used by like you know all the the fucking repressive riot police in every country everywhere that are increasingly, you know, dousing their citizens with CS gas all the time. That's a good, Oh, that's bromine. Good application for bromine. I think there's bromine in CS gas. Yeah. Since it's mace basically. Right. So, um, yeah. Uh, Poland, everything's fine in Poland. They, um, they have a, a guy who's looking to make Poland great again, kind of a right wing, right-wing dude but cd project red hey that's a uh, success story poland uh borscht <laughs> is that poland i think that might be more like ukraine like belarus oh shit but 
Okay. They probably like some pulse. They probably like some borscht in Poland. So I don't know why, but it's been. It's that's been that like, they do. I've absorbed somewhere that you're not supposed to call it the Ukraine, but somehow. Oh right. If anybody understands. Well, if anybody understands like any of this, the please Colorado. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like we did a pretty good job, kind of covering World War One briefly and what happened after it. Oh yeah, definitely. But that doesn't mean I know anything about Poland or why you should why you shouldn't call it the Ukraine. <laughs> I think that's more just like an English language thing, though. Uh, it could be. I don't know. Probably like because it subjectifies Ukrainians and like says, "Oh, it's just like something you invade and." your risk game like i'm <laughs> taking three armies into the ukraine kind of promotes like a vladimir putin ideology i can kinda. see it i can see it but, um, you're just guessing right <laughs> yeah okay if anybody knows um yeah so yeah uh what, what else what else do you think uh we should touch on there jared about the chemical the fertilizer industry um how about like give us some more updates and stuff let's talk about your trip out here a little trip bit. out there okay well <clears throat> i fled the iowa south dakota border just as covid was well <laughs> i was saying it was Ooh. i was saying it was hitting its peak out here when i went out there but uh i think it's still going hey, talk up. about environmental disasters <laughs> right no that's china did that or something the wuhan flu right <laughs> Remember when people I, were calling I hear it they've that? Got, I haven't uh, heard that in a while. Oh, dude, um, you got to watch the new Borat flick. Oh, that's what you were talking about. Because the Wuhan yeah. flu. Um, the Wuhan flu makes an appearance in there for all right. sure. Very cool. Um, I was thinking I'm going to have to rewatch the first Borat and then watch the second one. But I haven't actually watched any movies in quite a while, so it should be a nice one. Yeah, yeah. Um... So yeah, you know, I left uh, the South Dakota-Iowa border right as COVID was hitting its peak there, but I'm pretty sure it's gotten even worse now that I've been back. Um, me and a couple of friends got an Airbnb in one of those nice subdivisions in what should probably be National Forest Land, but it was real nice. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, and you went up, you went up America's mountain. Oh my God. Okay. I forgot all about that. Yes. I've learned that Pike's peak is America's mountain (laughs) and, uh, they, it's first time I've ever been to Pike's peak. I drove up as far as I could to the top at least. And then I got in a shuttle and took that the rest of the way to the top of America's mountain where they are now building. And you got a nice, nice canned air. Yeah. So they're like. They have this huge Fresh like, out of space balls. Like, gift shop, and I don't, it must be like an interpretive center. I didn't really go in there for longer than just to use the restroom. But uh, they're making this giant gift shop, and on the way to the restroom, I saw this can of what I thought was like an energy drink, but it turned out that it was recreational air, and it was $28 <laughs> for a can of recreational air. <laughs> You're literally at 14,000 feet, and they you are like... Here's some here's some clean air for you. Uh, I decided that I did not need the recreational air. I use medicinal air only. But uh, you know, that's that's just a personal choice, I guess. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I fled the fled the uh, gift shop pretty quickly and went outside to take some photos of 
you know, Pike's Peak, and it kind of just looked like construction zone on most of it. But uh, me and the, the people I were with were able to flee that side of the peak and find a pretty nice ledge to sit in and uh, just ponder life for a little while. So that was that part was pretty nice. Beautiful. This has been a while, so it's hard to remember exactly. But you met you a met fancy a fancy lad. lad though, right? Oh my god, I forgot. One of the shuttles? Yeah. Like weren't you <laughs> No 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 Were you like trying to get so, like a ride? I, <laughs> I spooked an old rich man. So <laughs> I was like hanging out in the parking lot at the top of Pike's <laughs> Peak. Um, and there's like all these shuttles going up to the top and we we kept seeing a couple of these buses that just didn't have any windows, but they were they were like uh, uh, like Greyhound buses looking things, kind of. And uh, I was wondering, you know, I thought it might be kind of cool since it was an extremely windy day when we were up there. Um, I think those winds were 50 to 70 miles an hour. I think you might have mentioned that in one of our lost episodes about how that was a bad day for fire sprinting. But I just thought yeah. it might be cool to, you know, ride up that long highway that goes up Pike's Peak on a windowless bus, basically, on that really cold, windy day. If you had, you know, if you had the right clothing and all that stuff. So I saw one sitting there um, and there was only, there was a husband and wife are the only people sitting on it. So I walk up to the side of the bus. It has no windows. <laughs> and I'm just like, my head is at like elbow level with this guy sitting in there. And I just go, excuse me, sir. Could you tell me how much the ride at the top is on that bus is? Something like that. And uh, <laughs> the guy was clearly not, I was also wearing my shemag on my face. Like, you know, I had, uh, I had like a mask on and then I had my shemag over that. So I don't know what this guy thought, but, uh, uh, he's not expecting me. We'll just give him the benefit of that doubt. I asked him if he could tell me how much it was for the, for the bus ride. And he was, he was like, Oh, uh, I haven't a clue. It was part of the package. <laughs> and the with like without skipping a beat the, the bus driver who was like in his own little segregated spot um but he had his window down he just goes uh it's 70 a person and uh it was a little too rich for my blood we uh we paid uh it's 15 dollars a person or 40 for a car load and we had five people in the car so <laughs> That's all it costs to get to the top of Pike's Peak, America's Mountain. Not bad. Unless you get unless you get part of the package, then it's seventy dollars yeah. a person. Yeah. Well, but as you mentioned, also there's like a shitload of development. Oh yeah, it just looks like a construction zone in the sky. And so fourteen thousand feet is pretty high for a mountain. And there's only like 53 of them in Colorado. There's a few others that are that big in the lower 48. But it's kind of not a place that really you should be building a bunch of shit. But nonetheless, they persist. And uh, if you go up to the top of Pikes Peak, there's, you know, sound barriers all over the fucking place. Um, there's a gift shop. There's like a tramway, like a, a like a sky lift yeah, that goes that was up there as well. But I will just give it, yeah, I'll give a shout out though, that the correct way to climb Pike's Peak, if you want to climb it, is to take the bar trail from Colorado Springs all the way up. It's like 12 miles. 
you basically start in like a prairie floodplain and end up on a mountain peak, which is pretty, pretty incredible. I haven't done it. It's too, it's a bit much for me, I will say. And then you came and visited us and oh yeah, we built a compost pile. We definitely did. That's like, you're on compost bin of history. It's probably like the seventh compost pile I've helped construct now for myself and others. Yeah. Well, we, we take composting pretty seriously. And instead of recording a podcast, I want you to, if, especially if you know me and Jared, just imagine us like out there on like a hazy Colorado afternoon. It's like neon orange sunset from like the wildfire smoke. <laughs> We're both shirtless, just pitchfork in hand, just like sweating and like turning like big hunks of like wet grass and cardboard and just composting up a... <laughs> In a real sexy way, I think. You know, we're, we're wearing shades, and we both have mustaches. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you know, I there was one other thing I wanted to 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 talk about with you, Jared. Yeah, yeah. just kind of an off the wall, you know, whatever kind of thing. All right. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna make a prediction for the election for the presidential election. All right. Is it gonna be Holly Hawkins? I'm gonna I'm predicting it for Trump. Yeah. And I'll tell you why, okay? All right. I, obviously, hey, I want people to know I voted for Biden, all right? I'm in Colorado, could go purple, whatever. I voted for Biden, all right? But I'm calling it for Trump because of a few reasons. The main one being that... Now, are you saying are you saying you're calling Colorado for Trump or are you calling no, the entire the whole election? Thing. Okay. The whole, the whole kit and caboodle. All right. Um... I think that people have people who like don't normally vote have even less reason to vote now than they did in 2016. And I know that a lot of people be like, Oh, but you know, all the stuff. Right. And I'm just saying that if your thought process is, wow, things are really bad. So I'm going to vote that obviously doesn't do anything. And all poor people who are like working poor, they know that, like, it's just a waste of time anyway. I mean, if you think that way, you're probably already voting. Well, right. Exactly. And so for the people who don't vote, they have who don't vote anyway, they still have no reason to or even less reason because things have just gotten worse for them. And they don't see, like, a lot of positive, positive action or, like, progress. Just more, you know, of the shit that we talk about. Yeah, reason well, number they two. Are, they are reasonably responding to the evidence that has been provided to them. Absolutely. Um, reason number two, the Republicans have obviously done a lot in terms of like voter suppression, gerrymandering, and just kind of like the nuances of America's judicial and legislative systems as it plays out in all these different states to basically kind of like rig the system, right? Again, something that everyone would agree on, I think. Um, well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> there's a reason there's so many people that think libertarianism is reasonable. Yeah. I mean, yeah, education is a big part of it as well, right? Um, I mean, I've had so many, like, liberal Democrat professors who will just, like, spout the most conservative bullshit. And I'm like, wait, why do you think that? Like, if X and Y, you know? Yeah. At any rate. The whole whole college professor as some type of, like, radical is pretty pretty ill-informed from what I saw anyway. (laughs) 
I mean, they have tenure. That's like you. How could you be more conservative than the college professor <laughs> with tenure? I don't know. Yeah, but, but you anyway. You, at so, the same time, you really don't need to even because you have ten tenure. Like, yeah, you could just exactly. Um, so that's reason number two, and yeah, reason number three. What I see, especially like here in my own little like fairly reactionary community of Loveland, like eighty thousand people, mostly like I would I would call them like petite bourgeois, you know, but a lot of civil servants, business owners, people who like do things in other parts of the Front Range, but like live here because it's a little bit more conservative, I guess. I just see a lot of support for Trump. And even in, even like when it's fucking wildfire, smoke, haze, you know, sky is black in the middle of the day. People are like literally standing on street corners with signs that say vote Republican to save the country. And I'm like, man, that's some like deep ideological bullshit. Like if you've got so many people so fucking indoctrinated that it's like the world could be they could be that meme dog, you know, with the broom burning down around them, just being like, this is fine. We need to keep voting for this guy. <laughs> That dog has been showing up in that meme for like 12 years now, and he's always fine every time. So I think we should just keep drinking tea and everything's going to work out. So, yeah, I guess that's reason number three, just like the depth of ideological, like uh, the spectacle, right? The depth of the spectacle, the um, suppression of, of voters and just the total like amorphous blob that is the Biden campaign. I think, I don't know, I guess just in, because I always put my money on a long shot, I would prefer to bet on a long shot because I could perhaps win more if I were betting and I'm not betting <laughs> on this, but I will just acknowledge that I have that predilection. All right. Well, it seems, so that, I'm calling it for Trump. It seems that Biden is heavily favored in the polling and everything. Not that I follow it super closely. Yep. But... I, I hope that he wins. Although, I mean, it will still be bad, but I don't know. I mean, I'm a. I'm a fairly big believer in, uh, you know, God loves human misery. So (laughs) you you might be right. That's why we made a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, no, I, I don't know if I'm going to put that energy out there or whatever. Um, I'm not going to allow myself to believe that Trump's going to win. I don't know. I think, I think there's a, there's a little bit to like, you know, maybe Biden wouldn't be quite as catastrophic. <laughs> I don't know that I, well, I mean, given the choice, sure. I would rather him win, but yeah. Well, I just feel like with all this talk about like, Oh, look at all these early votes coming in and stuff. Like we're kind of like setting up the same kind of like malaise, like the same, like lack of interest that kind of, well, yeah, occurring like as everyone kind of just thought it was a dead given thing. Yeah, that's definitely deja vu. I mean, the fact that, you know, everybody's saying this is such a sure thing for Biden, it's definitely smacks of last time, but I don't know. Who knows? I sure don't. I don't make predictions for that type of thing. Well, I mean, it's not like making a prediction on our podcast matters. Like the the four FBI agents who listen to this, I mean, could could it come back to bite me? Hell yeah, we're up to four right now. For Trump? Yeah. All right. Yep, all four FBI agents regular downloading. Yep. Well, hopefully the new ones are rookies, so we might learn something. There you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You got anything else, Jared, in this podcast of errors? <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm just kind of a little exhausted from the last couple of weeks. You know, uh, 
yeah. from traveling to coming back to work to uh, just, I guess, everything going on in the world. Also, it's been a mm-hmm. it's been a tiring few, a tiring fortnight, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I guess is pretty rich for me to say that uh, <laughs> sitting in my nice warm bedroom away from any forest fire, while there's people out there risking their lives to stop these things, but. I guess that's what That's I'm true. Gonna... That's true. Maybe this will just have to be a short one and we'll <laughs> we will uh improve with our next one, right? There's definitely room for improvement. Yeah. Well, yeah, listeners, we've we've been trying. <laughs> and it's been it's been mixed. Yeah. I've, I've had it three, hasn't gone well. I've had three people now ask me when we're going to release another one. So <laughs> at least, uh, you know, the only person not asking me is the rookie FBI agent. Okay. Well, uh, I lost James, so you can clip this back in, but, uh, he's probably saying something about email addresses and pitchforks and all that. Uh, I just want to say go outside and uh, try and enjoy nature this week. Flower man, flower man When are you gonna go? When you're gonna leave